You are listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, a.k.a. She. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. So I want to thank you all for being here in this moment and today we're going to dive into the third limb of yoga, asana, and this is the posture aspect of yoga and you might say, well, how are we going to spend our talking time on this one area? Uh, We're going to do it beautifully because there's so much to explore here. So most of you that are here obviously are yogis as mentioned and are well acquainted with the asana because that's how yoga returned to the west or arrived in the west but i would say returned many times over it's uh, migrated into western culture and then retracted uh, even through this pandemic you know so many studios have been shut down uh, and might yoga is probably going to go through another iteration. Uh, And again, this is a system, so it's not dependent on a studio. Uh, It is meant to be done in sangha, in community. And that is for a reason, because it's helpful to have people supporting you in the process. And then there's a very inward aspect of this that is done with just self and, and or a teacher that can help guide you into the deeper aspects of meditation, which we'll get to later. Uh, so with that being said, uh, you know, we've gone through the laws of life and the rules of living, which will circle back around. And so this asana, the postures, as I've mentioned before, and like to mention even in my classes is really designed to prepare you to meditate. And if, like every posture can feel effortless your mind is really really ready to meditate now it's not required that every posture needs to feel effortless and uh to be ready to meditate so we'll stipulate that there's and that's why we're going to go a little deeper into the body because there's this thing called karma that we've been talking about so oftentimes you might have a part of your body that is more rigid in pain Uh, is maybe not so excruciating that you can't function day in and day out but it's an aspect of your body that is a creates a hindrance or an obstacle for you you've learned to adapt with it now the the use of the asana eventually will get that area to open up the use of meditation and pranayama will eventually get that area to open up and you know i've seen many amazing things happen for my clients and myself with asana. And one story that I've shared and like to share is that uh, I was took a group on a retreat to Rome or north of Rome. And on the flight back, my rib felt out of place, literal, the little literal rib. And I was like, wow, I might need to get a chiropractic adjustment just to move that back in place when I get back because it was very painful very painful at the time but what I did is I actually came once I got home I just laid on the hard floor in Shavasana corpse pose 
for 15 minutes. I used my pranayama and everything went back in place. My skeletal system went back in place without needing any physical adjustment. And so this is the fascinating thing about our body because we are on a molecular level vibrating frequency and if willing and open to allowing your body to rebalance and you surrender to it it will and so the asana also can teach us a lot about where we're holding tension in our body uh, where it's difficult and this can change from day to day your balance can change from day to day uh, the tenderness in the body can change from day to day but it gives us information and when we look at ayurvedic system chinese medicine system if we look at the electromagnetic field of the human body we can see where there's stagnation in the body based on these energy centers and these meridians that are running through your body. So when we move in yoga, meaning asana practice, the part of yoga, <laughs> I like to clarify that because yoga does not mean just asana, it's an aspect. So when we move, it starts to open up these centers and because the system was designed and as we talked about uh, in the past two segments is that these things like the laws and the rules aren't meaning like you have to and you focus and you work at it really hard. What happens is the whole system works together. And when you're utilizing all aspects of the limbs of yoga, they will start bubbling up in you. And sure enough, you know, you deepen your pranayama, the body becomes more fluid in your asana practice. You're able to really feel into what is happening in the physical body. If you're not doing your asana, you might notice that you're starting to store or, you know, that's a weak, the weaker link in your system. And it's a, a, a great way to have this check-in, this physical check-in and to see what's going on uh, on a daily or weekly basis. And so when we talk about these stagnations, these energy centers in the physical body that are stuck and they, they lock up, we become, can become more and more rigid as we age. We lose the juice, the fluid in our system because we're not moving it, we're not replenishing it with good nutrition, uh, all of these things that help us stay vital and strong, and it reinforces our immune system, keeps our mental health well, keeps our emotional health well, and it keeps our spiritual health well. So there's so many advantages to working with this system and can be integrated very beautifully uh, into Chinese medicine and was definitely paired with Ayurveda and the science of caring for the body through nutrition and body treatments. And so what I wanted to share today is that in your asana practice, even if you don't have time uh, to dedicate a lot of time to your asana, let's say you have a busy schedule, things are picking up around the world, even if you can give yourself five or ten minutes, you know, I used to way several decades ago gosh a long time ago uh probably 30 almost 30 years ago when we would travel i would um you know we'd be driving long distances through europe and all of that and i would just use my asana practice then like i would get out i would get into squat position i would uh, do several postures to open up my body and reset it because you're sometimes in a confined space 
just like on that long flight from Italy, your body skeletal system, your muscular system can lock up. And so there's so many simple, easy ways to fit in asana. And when you notice the tension in the body immediately, you have the opportunity to bring in a little pranayama, bring in a couple postures, and guess what? You've nourished, you've, you've responded to the body. So asana, really think of it that way. Now, a lot of people that have what is known as a vata imbalance, where their mind is way too busy, really get attached to their asana practice because what does it do? They're moving their body and they, they love doing like, vinyasa flow heated by vinyasa flow because their mind is super busy so once they get moving and moving and moving and sweating and all this stuff they unwind their mind however the habit is not so great because really if they practice more in a yin practice they would learn to settle down their mind in a way that will help them deepen their meditative repose so you can utilize a flow practice but again the asanas were not designed to be a power sport <laughs> they were designed to awaken awaken you to higher states of consciousness so anytime you go to your mat i want you to think about this this is your sacred space to awaken yourself to higher states of consciousness now, if you have a theological belief system, like going to church or synagogue or a temple or an ashram, when you enter that sacred space, you're not thinking about doing power, flow, anything, right? You, you settle in, you quiet down, you, you're respectful in that environment. It's not an effort, it's a repose. So when you're in asana practice, really think about, even if you are going to do a flow, I'm not putting down all vinyasa flow. I'm just saying, if you're going to do a flow, think about it in that way. Can it be a receptive experience like a dance versus pushing through and um, working it through an athletic perspective? Now, you might have athletic aspirations, and that's great, uh, but differentiate the two and understand that this is a sacred environment. It's inviting you to awaken to your highest state of being. That's just such a beautiful thing. So when you get to that, that mat, if you can enter it as if you're entering a sacred place, because it is, you will be uh, profoundly shifted. In addition, if you can enter onto your mat, as an opportunity to enter you who is a sacred being and meet yourself there with uh, divinity you know and, and and the thoughts that show up maybe the pain the suffering in the physical body that shows up just surrender it leave it let yourself commune with the divine within you to see what's revealed beyond that pain and suffering to see what's beyond it you know, that's a story. Those are things that are happening, but see what's beyond it. Look beyond that door. And so that's one aspect to meet your asana practice and yourself with divinity, sacredness. And if you have an additional uh, faith system, you can utilize that here. And your faith could be in nature, whatever it is in science. Just understand that that's a sacred space. Um, and then 
the other part that asana can show us and guide us to is where our inner and outer work is so as mentioned in chinese medicine there is uh, an acupuncture and acupressure all the meridians electrical meridians that are running through your body these meridians are relay switches to your organ system to your brain to your the tissue the skeletal system everything and when we look at the blocks within the system this gives us information it gives us information maybe you could have tenderness in your foot that's actually linking to an organ in your stomach let's say it's linking to your stomach it's linking to your kidney it's linking to your lung that information helps the practitioner balance your system and not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So in asana, you're, you're doing this by practicing these postures. You're welcoming yourself to realign self in all modalities. And this also in the physical system in asana, when we see these areas that are sore, tender, tight, the body's not flexible, it's rigid there, then we're getting some karmic information there. So it's understood in Tibetan science and Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine uh, that these stored energies, your illnesses, we talked a little bit about this, and this is a hard one for people to grasp with because we're in such a, a call and response, immediate on-demand, fix-me-now culture that we've forgotten that those things are earned and our adversities are something that we participated in long before here. And the set and setting conspires to help us reconcile our karma. So when we have physical ailments in our body, these are leftover karmas that we are destined to resolve in this lifetime. And so when we look at people's physical bodies and what's come up for them, this is where deep, deep psycho-spiritual work is needed because it's, it's beyond just the physical. And now for people that just uh, approach everything from Western medicine, this can be problematic because then it's a topical kind of band-aid. Let, let me give you these medications. Let me give you this, that, or the other. And sometimes even from Eastern approach or naturopath approach, it can be like that. Let me give you these nutrients. Let me have you sniff this oil. Let me have you do this, that, and the other. But the, the value is doing that deep, deep psycho-spiritual work. That can eliminate a condition immediately once it's seen, it's understood, and you've uh, finished paying back what's needed to be paid back. And again, this is really... Uh, not an easy thing to explain to people because uh, we don't like to feel like we're being quote-unquote punished. And so I want you to understand no one's being punished. We have free will at all times, just like you do in this moment. And that, w But there's no free, as my friend says, I love it, there's no free lunch. Like you can't uh, take over here and expect not to have it, give it back here. Nature shows us this all day long. It's reciprocal, you know, uh, what's happening. Just what trees and the sun do illustrates this really beautifully through photosynthesis. So there's always an exchange, and our eternal beings are carrying this information with us. 
And so we can blame it on the rain or we can say, wow, I have this going on. Am I going to heal it? Or, and sometimes, you know, the healing process can take a while. It can take your entire lifetime. And if you're patient with yourself, you'll get to those roots. You'll get to the healing. And the, the deeper you go into that psycho-spiritual healing, you'll have a deeper understanding of how to balance yourself. Uh, you'll have a deeper understanding of how karma works. You'll have a deeper understanding of how to be conscious and aware in all action. And that will make your future much uh, brighter. And so, so there is so much power when we're in this asana because it, it's like a, a check-in. It's like, ooh, here I am. This is not feeling so great. Hey, am I ready to heal this? Am I ready to let this go? And I, I was just having a flash because my lower uh, sciatica, I could feel it a little bit right in this moment I was talking to you. And then I've always had this clicking in my left hip. My hip used to, f or the leg used to follow the hip socket when I was a baby, when I was first born, but it's never, it's quite clicking. And then I actually know karmically what that's associated with. It's not so um, bothersome other than it might freak people out if they hear, hear it <laughs> when it, I'm moving a certain way uh, or continuously in a certain way. Uh, yet I'm actually inspired in this moment to dive in a little deeper uh, to see if that can shift in itself because I do know what it's associated with, but I haven't unlocked how to make an amends with what that is. And I think I need to see, see beyond even deeper to what that's associated with. And that probably is going to be super humbling. Uh, so, uh, and that's part of what the, the body does. It gives us this information. It shows us where our inner and outer work is. And our current set and setting gives us the opportunity to do it. And so it's super empowering because you're given all this information. And now some of you listening might uh, be more of the mindset that you prefer Western medicine or you prefer Eastern medicine. And I, I can share this much because I, I, I'm in kind of a unique situation that I get to work with people one-on-one. -on -one with all different types of conditions. I get to work with people in death, birth, uh, long-term, short-term. And I, I get to see, you know, it's like being an a integrative uh, consultant, if you will, integrative scientific consultant with applied therapies that I can offer. And what I've noticed, because, you know, I, I will spend a lot of time outside of my one-on-one -on -one session with my clients uh, in different practices to assist their healing journey, different helping them listen. Uh, I will I will research uh, options. I will give them an evaluation of their medical choices, so that they can discuss with the other aspects of the people helping them to get the best solution. And over the years, I've uh, witnessed quite a bit. And what I've come to realize is that. Most people, when it comes to the physical body, have a predisposition that they have a pre-comfort uh, towards uh, being more comfortable just going for uh, the short, quick fix. And sometimes it's an urgent, immediate need quick fix. So that's the blessing 
of the repair in Western medicine. And then there are people that would prefer to use the other scientific systems that are really valuable, you know, Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic science, naturopath, but they don't have the patience to be in that process. And so it's sometimes a quandary because they want so bad and maybe their mind's locked in like, oh, if I just do that for right now, I'll be better and then I'll get, uh, I'll get back to this natural stuff, <laughs> which is the original medicine. Uh, that's what all pharmacology is uh, based off of is organisms and botany uh, that give, you know, these scientists the ideas and the, the solutions to create things that can help people. So what I found is an integrative approach is really helpful. And sometimes there's an immediacy that's needed uh, to help our, our physical body and then physical, mental, and emotional body. And then there's a long-term plan. And so how this circle backs to asana is asana is kind of your daily check-in in to the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. It's your gateway. And so it gives you information. And then as we go through the rest of these limbs, you'll see that you will be guided to what's needed. You'll start hearing deeper. You'll, you'll have the propensity to do the inner and outer work, and you'll understand what needs to be applied when. And sometimes when we talk about the karma, the cause and the effect, a long-term, if you're, you're destined to have a long-term ailment, that uh, that's part of the karma. And then, you know, shortly we might see some scientific modalities available to us that allow the physical mental emotional I'm still my I'm still checking in on the spiritual side but that might regenerate that really quickly Uh, again that will be a learning curve for humanity because we can't run ahead of our eternal being so what can often happen is let's say these they release these technologies People are instantly well, which is great, physically well, mentally well, emotionally well, but there's no way to force the eternal being to be more evolved than it is in this moment. It's a process because we're working with affinity. So what will potentially arise is that people will continue and have to keep using those technologies, meaning the, bo- the body might atrophy and they might have an over-dependency on them. But that will, that remains to be seen. We'll, we'll see when they come out. And, and I do encourage people, especially when I'm working with people in uh, death, is that it's important for you to listen for your, your gateways. So if you feel your death gateway is coming up, uh, then there's, there's different choices for you to make. Like maybe that's for a cancer patient that they can stop their therapies because they feel deeply. That's a very personal decision that they have to make. Uh, that might mean that they don't want to, that they, they feel like it's further out and they're going to keep going. And that's okay too. Either way, they're going to meet it right on time. Yet you can give yourself a lot of relief if you listen for what that action is. And so when we're moving 
our physical body, this is where we're getting this like immediate information. We're like, hmm, something's going on here. You know, for years, because I sit on the floor every single day with my clients in uh, half lotus, typically, I would have uh, some pain. And eventually, once my body became in balance uh, in that area, uh, the skeletal system shifted, the pain went away, and that is the beauty that, oh, there's that pain, what am I going to do about it? And there's a plethora of choices, uh, yet some of the simplest ones are the most powerful and will stay with you long term. So anyone out there that has had physical conditions, maybe you've had surgeries, all those different things, and you feel great, I still encourage you to do the psycho-spiritual healing. If you want to learn more about that, please feel free to contact me. Um, Because that karmic intersection in your physical body is uh, still potentially there, and so it's good to do that final aspect of recovery and healing. This is oftentimes what doesn't happen, especially when people have long-term illness like cancer, uh, maybe life-threatening diseases that don't take their life but could. Um, The healing's not done there. One could be asthma, diabetes, those kind of things, that there's healing to be done there. And so it's powerful to do that deeper healing. It'll help the body uh, recover and potentially put you in a position where you can be a little freer from all the things you're having to do on a daily basis. So asana, super powerful tool. It's not the only thing that yoga is. And there's great freedom within your experience on the mat. So if inspired, I would love to encourage you to take some time, even if it's only 10 minutes a day, you know, I'll tell people, if they can give me a 10 minute great sit, a 10 minute posture, and then you can increase it, practice pranayama and asana practice, you can increase it from their time permitting and more than likely your system will be excited to do that. Uh, It's hard to fit everything in because we are in still a very fast paced culture. But uh, I know as I've mentioned many times over to people that the amount of time that the humanity spends on the the devices is uh, a sign that you have at least an hour to give yourself a day. You could do a 30 minute meditation, 30 minute asana, but start, start with 10 and 10. Uh, you've been doing it here. You do, you listen to me and then you, uh, go into silence and then sound. So you have that time and you could probably, uh, carve it out a couple times a week and see what's revealed to you. And the other aspect of uh, asana I want to remind you is not to become obsessed. You know, when we talked about cleanliness last week or the purification is don't become obsessed. And I, I think, you know, from my studies, some of that happened in the Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine traditions uh, because there was a propensity to want to see how far we see this in modern medicine, kind of like how far can we go with this stuff? Again, less is more. Nature's reflected to this to me many times over. Uh, and then that opportunity will 
be more clear for you to see the pathway for your inner and outer transformation and balancing. So if inspired, uh, when you meet your mat, uh, imagine yourself walking into a holy place to use that as a check-in to see what's going on physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. You'll see where the tension arises, where the activity electromagnetically is in the body, and that's usually associated with those neural pathways, karmic infeed, and with your emotional center. And then from there, I welcome you to uh, see what the next step is from there. Maybe you, you observe that, which consistently keeps rising up so that you don't become obsessed with every little pain and nuance in the body. So observe, allow yourself to witness, uh, give yourself a cycle, a full lunar cycle, a couple cycles to see what's happening. And then you'll, we'll get into a little bit more on the the seasons because your body will respond differently in different seasons and uh, might function completely differently. So that's also something to consider. And then uh, if inspired in your meditation, which we'll dive in deeper in another segment, um, just listen, uh, reflective repose, just to feel into what's needed. And don't be so attached to the, the pains or the suppleness or what's going on in the body, meaning like feel in beyond, like you're walking through a little door in that area of your body and feel beyond it and just be. And this is why uh, when we work with electromagnetic system, it's not so much about having a conversation about what's being released and moving. It's just allowing it to happen and then letting it go. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to go into a little pranayama, which we'll dive in deeper next week. The power of your breath, this tool that you have with you all day long. And then we'll do the silent meditation. The sound is at the end. And then I'll circle back around. And uh, I want to remind you that you are an incredibly wise being. You are a divine human. And when you meet yourself as a holy person, meaning a wise one, from my perspective, you will raise your inner frequency to a place that welcomes the body, the heart, the mind, and the soul to come into union with itself, yoga, and to harmonize from a place that will feel blissful and free. So thank you for listening to this part, and I want you to take a nice deep breath in, and exhale out. Again, inhale. And exhale. 
another one. Inhale. And exhale. Good. And then gently from there, I want you to follow that breath into your inner landscape. You can lower your gaze in front of you to a focal point on the floor. Or you can close your eyes and follow your breath. Use your breath as your mantra, your focal point. And then when you hear the sounds come on, just gently recline down on the floor on a flat surface into Shavasana, corpse pose.
Oh, ah, 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 ah. 
Mm-hmm.
Take a soft, gentle breath into your heart center. Gently breathing in and out. Again, inhale. Gently from there, just moving those fingers and toes and gently rolling over onto your right or left side and gently coming up into that seated posture, cross-legged, half lotus, full lotus, little asana posture. And as you rise up, lift up from the base of the spine, bring your hands together in front of your heart center. Take a nice deep breath in and out. Again, inhale. And exhale. One more, inhale. And exhale. Good, and as you continue to breathe in and out, just welcoming you to uh, just express gratitude for self, all aspects of self, giving thanks for who you are, and then if inspired taking a moment to send some of that gratitude love and compassion out beyond here and then from there i welcome you to uh, 
decide if you'd like to dedicate this practice today for the benefit of all beings, which would include you. If you do, just simply make that dedication silently right now, simply just stating just that. And then take another deep breath in and out. Beautiful. And then just bringing the hands back down into your lap. And just to connect us back to the power of the body, uh, may you meet your practice of yoga asana as an opportunity to enter into your sacred temple, your vessel, uh, and deepen what it means to come in union with yourself. And uh, this is a great time if inspired to go back and listen to one and two again about the laws and rules of living. just to check in where you're at, where your understanding is about that for yourself. And then apply those just to even just the physical body to see what that means. And then the emotional and mental body. And if you don't want to sit through the whole talk, I mean, you can listen just to the the first 30 minutes, but below those casts, I list them out for you. So you could write those down and just check into what you feel or understand those words, those simple words I used mean to you and how they are reflected in your physical, mental, and emotional body. And then utilize that information to enter into a deeper practice with yourself on all aspects of self. And as we continue this journey, we're going to continue to open that up. Uh, Next week, we'll be diving into the breath, pranayama and really connect to this life-giving mechanism that is so powerful on so many levels. So I'm excited about that. (laughs) And we'll be connecting to the trees too. So uh, we're going to exit out. I left Donna Delore. This is the third week I've used her. Aham Prema. Aham Prema. I am divine love. You are divine love. Uh, I want you to remember that. So if you have a little bit, um, a few more moments, please sit through her song. I've inspired Support the Arts. Uh, The links are below. And you could utilize that time while listening to Donna just to write down anything that came into your awareness during this segment and then go into your day. All right. Until next time, this is She signing out with a full heart, a soft gaze, a deep bow, and a namaste. Be simply.
Pray.
You are listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, a.k.a. She. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. Simply. 